Well, you found us on a Thursday evening or whatever day or time of the day you're listening to this in the privacy of your own skull and welcome to Caching in the Northwest. You know, this is the only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week we'll talk about caches and cachers from here and all around the globe. So while you're wondering why everybody's wearing blue and green on a Thursday, we'll be caching in the Northwest. And you know, we can't do that until we bring in our glowing gibbon. Some say he brings a cavalcade of caching conversation. And others say he's so bright, he intimidates lightning bugs. All we know is he's called Land Monkey. Chris of the Northwest, my friend. How are you doing tonight? I'm well. You were yeah. dancing for an, an extraordinarily long time. I just, I just had to keep it going, man. It was just grooving with me today. I just... I'm just so excited to be podcasting with you, buddy. Grooving. Really? On a Sunday afternoon? <laughs> On a Thursday night, even. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we as should write our own songs. We should. We should. And then copyright them immediately. Oh, yeah. Or better. Yeah. Creative Commons attribution. Me. Get in line, suckers. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Uh, as the astute among us might have noticed we are missing our third musketeer tonight he is working his butt off once again and uh, not slacking like you and i do so we miss him um we remind those who enjoy doing it uh send him some love by twitter let him know that he's missed uh at wit's end right it's, at, it's just at wit's end am i getting that right yeah all right well that's wit's end with a z and the Z it's, is he's the only host with a Z in the middle of his name. That's right. Right on. Hey, and so while you're sending tweets out to its end, remember that we do appreciate the support of our patrons who help to keep this podcast coming each and every week. If you want to know more about supporting the show, click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website. It's right over there. And hey, we are continuing with a special discount for caching the Northwest listeners. That's right. Our great sponsors, Landsharks, have a special promotion for you listeners. That is landsharks.ca, another Z there at the end of shark. From October 18th until the end of November, get a 15% discount on trackable coins and tags from landsharks.ca online or in person at the shark store. Some exceptions apply. Use the promotional code LSTRACK. Do you know what else is going to be in person at the shark store? Oh, tell me. I am so excited oh, to find out. Well, you. <gasps> me? What about and you? And you? And Wits with a Z and will be there. December 16th, we are hosting an event. Maybe you didn't know, but you should. Uh, I, I am desperately looking for the GC code, which is GC7Z. In the middle. Yeah. Papa Bravo X-Ray. Or PBX for those who've worked on old telephone systems. Yes, or current telephone systems are still called PBX. There you go. So that's GC7Z Public Branch Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry, that's all I can see now. <laughs> now we're nerding out on you. That's right. For our live event at the Shark Store. Now, while we're there, the Land Sharks are bringing snacks and they're I, I they're bringing something they're well known for 
and they just suddenly cannot remember what it is. Um, it's something that Mrs. Landsharks was baking the last time. Yes. Podcast. And so, yeah, I mean, this is going to be amazing. So if you have any opportunity to get over to Victoria, to Esquimalt in the Victoria area and join us for a live recording of Cashing the Northwest, it'll be a full live episode. We're going to record it live in person there. Uh, we're going to take questions from the audience. We're going to have an interactive, fun podcast with a live audience. We are so excited about doing that. We are so excited about being uh, with our sponsors in their store at Land Sharks because, first of all, it's just a cool place to hang out. And it's an event, so that's always fun. And, yeah, join us. We want to see you guys. We want to see you in person. Exactly. So we will be recording live there. So you can sit watch the three of us record live and something we're not used to doing, which is looking at each other <laughs> and something you're not used to doing is looking at us. So in person in 3d, so, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You'll get to watch us and smell us. And I don't know what else the, yeah, don't go there. Um, <laughs> but we'll be there live us. and in person. And, uh, it's going to be a fun time. Not only do you get a geocaching event, but there's some great geocaches on uh, Vancouver Island that you need to go get. Yes, there are. Well, and especially in the Victoria area, there's lots of virtuals and some great mystery caches, some really high favorite point caches, you know, and some night caches. So if you're going, it, you know, plan to go, if you can spend the night, there's some great night caches in the Victoria area. It's just a great geocaching. And we do have a previous episode. I don't have the episode number off the top of my head, which I should, but we have a great episode that the Land Sharks joined us on just a, a couple months back where they went through all the top tips for visiting and geocaching in Victoria. So make sure you check that episode out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look that up tomorrow morning and I'm going to drop it in my Twitter feed. So check my Twitter feed tomorrow morning and I'll put a link to that episode in there. Nice. I was uh, starting to look myself. Isn't it fun to do a live podcast where we think about things as we're <laughs> podcasting that we didn't put into the show notes? And, and we say, hey, you know what? If I was planning ahead, I would have done this. But yeah. since I'm not a planner, I'm going to react and do it tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Podcasting privilege. We're such special snowflakes. Exactly. Brylang says you can come to the event and heckle us in person. You can. Kev MacD says the Land Sharks have a great night puzzle. They do. They Ooh. do. It's not far from the store. And there's a virtual out there. Now, folks, we're, we're going to get into the show. There's just a couple of things. I'm I'm looking to spend the night. So I'm when, going Victoria. I thought you meant like tonight, like we're doing, we're doing this all night. We're doing this all night long. Oh, land monkey. I'm coming over to your house. <laughs> okay. Surprise. See, see you in a few hours. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to spend the night uh, on the 15th and go to the event on the 16th. I just want to share with you that the black ball ferry, which you take out of Port Angeles uh, has some nice package deals get on the ferry included with a hotel room. Uh, I'm going to choose to take my car over just so that I can go pick up a couple of people at the ferry. Uh, if they need to be picked up there and we can do some, you know, geocaching on the Island. Uh, right. but you can use the black ball ferry with a package deal. You can use, um, 
the what, what's 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 the big expensive ferry that um bc ferries the fast one from seattle i have no idea i never take the ferry from seattle to victoria <laughs> and i suddenly forgot um the clipper the victoria clipper okay right right they have package deals with hotels as well if you're interested so you get transportation and um and a hotel room at a decent price hey thank you uh, <laughs> mc3 cats keats and i am all through in victoria clipper there you go there you go hey, i just have to stall long enough the whole chat is a research department yeah. you guys are awesome um so yeah, so that's going to be exciting. We're also going to be spending the weekend. We're actually taking Friday off of work and we're going to be over on the island Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday for the event. We're going to we're going to do some geocaching. We're not going to be doing a numbers run, but we're going to be going after just a small handful of select caches that help us with some challenges and some high favorite point caches and such that we've just really always wanted to get to and never made the time. So it's going to be a fun geocaching weekend, really looking forward to it. Looking forward to spending time with the land sharks who are just great hosts and fun people to hang out with. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. That would be great. <laughs> right. Hey, do we have any other big news we want to share? We've got some incredibly big news. I'm excited. I know. And you should be for next week. <gasps> Oh, you are such you. a tease. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, right here on this podcast, we have some exclusive news about the Re or Richmond Geo Tour. That's Richmond, British Columbia. Richmond, British Columbia. We can't tell you just yet, but next week you're going to want to join us because we are going to drop the mic with this kind of news. It's, a, it's big. It's going to be cool. So oh, yeah. there you have it. So tune, now, in, tune in next week for that, that big news. Now, for those of you who know us well and have listened to maybe 276 episodes of our podcast, this is episode 277. So just, first of all, we're sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, we're doing something a little different tonight because we're at the point of the show where we normally would read a glow or a geocaching log of the week. That's right. But we're not going to do that today. Oh no. Yeah. Now, are we going to have a glow? Sure. No. no. Oh, never mind then. We're going to have multiple glows because this is going to be a glow show, a show of glows. Mind blown. Folks. You have been so generous in sharing great geocaching logs with us. Now, some of these geocaching logs are longer than what comfortably fits into our normal glow section. And you may have sent those in thinking, well, he's never read my glow. You know, there are times I save glows for maybe just the right fit. Right. We're talking about a show and I go, oh, hey, I've got a glow that works right with that. Let's use that one then. So these are longer glows. And we wanted to take an opportunity to uh, highlight some of these great geocaching logs. So tonight's show, we're talking about glows. It's a glow show. It's glowing. 
maybe we're glowing. Oh, I it think could just I, be the light. Got a bit of a glow going tonight, Thank there, you. Chris. And we're also going to quickly talk about upvoting. Ooh, upvoting. Yes. So, what do we know about upvoting? We know that there's only two countries in the world that allows upvoting at this point. Yeah, Norway and the greatest country in the world are the two yeah. countries in the world. That- I just learned something about Norway, and I have to share it with you. Okay, go for it, man. Do you know why the Norwegian ships all have barcodes on them? Yes, so they can Scandinavian. Yes, so they can Scandinavian. Uh, <laughs> you listen to Dear Hank and John. Yes, I know. I thought it was a great tie-in, but okay, you knew so, the joke. So segue, uh, actually, rabbit trail. Um, if anybody in this podcast doesn't listen to Dear Hank and John, I really encourage you to listen to Dear Hank and John. It's a great comedy podcast it is a nice mental break from life uh and (laughs) last episode they talked about um one of the letters that was written in to dear hank and john was somebody and chris i just thought of you right away when they they talked about this one do you you know which one i'm talking about the letter that came in about the they're traveling in the car with their dad and they see the geese oh yes (laughs) out the window and the dad or, or the mom said, mm-hmm. one way or another, the, somebody in the car says, hey, uh, those geese aren't flying south, they're flying east. So the dad rolls the window down, sticks his head out the car window and yells, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> just, Yeah, that would be me. I just <laughs> so thought of you, buddy. <laughs> but I love their response of, isn't it nice that the geese go to these perfectly manicured places? Oh, we call them golf courses, but they're perfectly manicured and prepped for Canadian geese to live there year round. That's right. That's right. And Canadian geese, just in case anybody doesn't know, uh, are a magical creature that um, every year in the fall, all the Canadians find the geese and we put all of our anger and wrath into the geese and let them fly south. And that's why Canadians are always so polite. We just put it all into the geese. Oh, is that why they poop so much? That's why they poop so much. And that's why if you ever get near one, it's a real pleasant creature to be around. (laughs) Oh, it is not. (laughs) I look at them and go, that's a lot of bird meat right there. I bet I could eat one. And they'd probably be bitter. (laughs) I'm sure they are. (laughs) Oh, there you go. So, uh, Land monkey, I have to ask, do you just call them geese where we call them Canadian geese? uh, Canada, the Canada goose. Yes. (laughs) It's just a goose to you, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, up here, the Canada goose is something you do to your wife and get slapped. So oh, yeah. that's, um, yeah, it's, it's a little different. And if you do it to another woman? You also get slapped by your wife. Yeah. Yeah. A much harder. <laughs> a much harder one. Kind of, a, <laughs> kind of a closed hand slap at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. All right. So we were talking about glows. Yes. And uh, dad jokes. So um, one of the things about glows is there's two ways you can upvote a cache that you might think is a glow. So, you know, if you see a glow-worthy cache log, let me get my terminology correct here, you can upvote that log if if it is on a Canadian or Norwegian geocache. So the idea is you have two options. One option is a great story. The other option is helpful. And then you can decide if it's a great story. So, you know, glow worthy and you want to, you want to upvote it give it a thumbs up. 
um, or if it's helpful. So, you know, if it gives maybe a little bit of a tip without being a total spoiler as to find the cache, if it has more accurate coordinates, that's a good one to give an upvote to. So a few different options there where you can use upvoting. I, I use it as much as I, as I can. And, you know, there's a lot of logs that are just logs, you know, thanks for the cash. I was out today, enjoyed the find. Great. Thank you for logging more than TFTC, but probably not upvote worthy. Um, what is handy, I find now that people are starting to use it, is I actually will filter logs for caches I'm looking to go and find and see if they've had a great story or more useful uh, to you when you're planning a trip, helpful um, upvotes on them. And that can you know be quote unquote helpful to help you find that cache. So it's a good exactly. thing to do. It would be helpful if that uh, filtering was going to be made available in the app. And I suspect it will once upvoting is more widespread and not just being piloted in two countries. Now, um, GeoNavPros asked, what apps do upvotes work with? At this point, none. Zero, zilch, none. Yep. It's website only. Um, it's still in the, I, I call it a beta phase or development phase. Um, and you only get to upvote. You only get to vote for those you like. There are no downvotes, no dislikes, no thumbs down. Uh, so you're just promoting the good in what you see. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you guys have thoughts about upvoting in the chat, uh, why don't you throw them in there and our uh, our show lackey will grab them for us and drop it into the show notes and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later but right now i think we'll now segue into one question before we completely segue yeah, why yeah. we're just segging uh can you take back an upvote if say you clicked on it accidentally so can you rescind that vote you can rescind an upvote you can't downvote right Okay. So you can rescind your own upvote just by clicking it a second time. So if you clicked great story and you realize actually this is not a great story and you want to rescind that, you just click great story a second time and it removes it. And it's not like favorite points where you only have so many to give out and then you're hosed. Right. So you can give out as many as there are great logs. And that's almost an infinite amount based on the glow entries that I get each and every week. Oh, that's a segue. Yeah, you like oh, that? You nailed it, brother. It's a Segui. Oh, okay. So, you know, we have read some pretty epic glows in the past. And it, some of them stick with you. I will never read the word hermaphrodite again without thinking <laughs> of a geocaching. See, there you go. Right there. Without thinking of a geocaching log. Yep. Or soapy boy. Or soapy boy. <laughs> oh, you know. As I say each week, whether you read it or whether you wrote it, we want to hear about it because great logs simply make geocaching better. Even geocaching HQ realizes great logs make geocaching better. If you come across a great log, a great story, you want to send it to us. Send an email to feedback at cachingnw.com. You can call it in with your own voice. And I do have those. I have some saved for special occasions 
Call into 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool on the website and show us just how you glow. Now, yes. we started off by saying it's a little different format and Wits End isn't here, but that's not entirely true. <gasps> no, he's here in spirit and in voice. So we are going to start off our glowing show, our glow show, our show of glows. You just have to say it many times because it's a lot of fun to say. Uh, with one of these glows read by our very own wit's end. All I have to do is hit play. For show glow. Doctor Who 64 found evil fish. GC code is GC2J. 48E. It's GC2 Juliet 4 8 Echo. The glow reads No longer quite so lonely. This was my mission for today. I finally made good on my promise of 2016. It's taken a combination of being in the valley for work at the right time of year, not being sick, and having a weekend free. I last visited this trail on July 14th, 2013, and almost perished from heat stroke. In hindsight, it was rather dumb of me, but I got as far as the Trojan horse and knew I'd have to return one day for the remaining four caches in the area. One down, three to go. The day started at 7 a.m. on the trailhead on 87, and I took the southern route to gather Team Evil Fish's cache placed in November of 2013 an appropriate start to the day. I preferred getting some early altitude despite the steep uphill. It means I could glide down to Neuschwanstein before the next grueling uphill section. This morning, a pickup with horse trailer was already parked at the trailhead, and I met the rider, his two horses, and several dogs coming back down again on this section. Very sure-footed beasts. Shortly after we passed each other, I found unopened water and Gatorade bottles lying on the trail and figured he had dropped them without knowing from his pack horse. I put them in a prominent position in case someone else followed me up. Evidently, no one did, because they were still there when I came back down and I tipped my hat to the lone cowboy as I drank his Gatorade. Gathering two other caches that had been placed in 2016 along the way, I made the Trojan horse in my predicted three hours. I am not a fast hiker, I just plod along. This was much better than in 2013 when it took me five hours collecting all the caches along the trail. I was in much better shape and felt good and ready to attempt the next stage after a spot of breakfast. Having started at 5 a.m. back then, ironically I was here again at 10 a.m. This time, instead of roasting sunshine with no cloud cover, I'd been walking against a vicious headwind all morning and Lots of scooting clouds that often blocked the sun completely. As I hit the next big rise, an understatement, it started raining. Trojan horse had just passed out of view below me, and of all the things I had packed, rain gear was not one of them. I'd left my jacket back in the hotel. Decisions, decisions. Wait it out. Go back. Turns out the first was the best option. I was wet, but it was only a shower and I watched the clouds evaporate over my head before cresting the ridge. What opened before my eyes was really impressive. I had expected more uphill struggles, 
but the flats and the grasslands were a welcome surprise. I headed down and covered ground quickly despite several false starts as the trail did disappearing acts on me. It soon became apparent that there was flowing water in the river today. That good feeling soon went poof as I plunged into the greenery. I had read the previous logs and couldn't say I hadn't been warned. I'd even bought long trousers the day before, but I prefer hiking in shorts. Ouch and ouch again. The trees and bushes have mostly overgrown the path, and in many places I was forced to duck under overgrowing branches and skinny past prickly things on both sides. Suffice to say, I was bloodied up pretty bad on arms and legs. Up at the cache, I put away my dislike of hiking in long pants and changed clothing. Oh, so much better. Heading back out into the open, I prepared to clamber the final half kilometer to the cache, and that is when the first cramp set in. I don't know about you, but I have never had a cramp in my upper thigh muscle above the knee. It was a killer, and it took some time to abate. Which part do you stretch in such cases? I was only 333 meters from the cache. Was I going to get there? Okay, it did abate, and I moved on, finally arriving at Evil Fish just before noon, right in my predicted hike time. Five hours to get up here, and I was pretty pleased. The clue box was rusted together. I had to be a little heavy-handed with the tip of my walking pole on a rock, but it finally opened and all was good. The cash box and contents are all in excellent condition. What with searching for the clue and cash, taking some photos and eating lunch, I was at ground zero for about one and a half hours. 13, 30 hours, time to head back. Rock tank rocks was going to have to wait for another day. But I know my limits, and I knew it was going to be tight getting back down from here in the daylight. At least the wind would be on my back. Heading down, I was plagued by renewed upper thigh, front and rear cramps in both legs. As I automatically tried to relieve the cramping leg, the other would cramp. I realized that mostly the cramps occurred when putting the legs under strain going uphill so I was able to make good time across the flats and downhill sections. Several pauses, lots of water, and salty chips seemed to help, but they would suddenly reoccur at the most inconvenient times. I used the brakes to get more photos. I paused at Trojan Horse and snacked. 2013, I had made it down from here in three or four hours, despite the heat. I should be able to do that now, but my Garmin was telling me it would be after sunset. I really wanted to be down out of the steep de descent before Neuschwanstein, before I lost too much light, so a push was required. Made that in plenty of time and started along the northern loop back to the trailhead. I had no caches to collect along this section and upped the pace. A couple of turns before I spotted the car, the sun disappeared and keeping my footing sure was a priority as the last light faded. It's amazing how your eyes adapt and you can see much longer than you thought. As I passed through the fencing, everything went black, but the rental cashmobile was waiting to take me home after more rehydration and a brief rest. The final part of this story is that I had to stop once on the way down Beeline because cramps in both legs made driving impossible. I made it back to my local Denny's, got a table, and used their bathroom to wash off the blood from my arms and the dust out of my face. All in all, a fantastic day.
11 hours from trailhead to trailhead, five hours up, four and a half hours down, and four new cache geocaches, including Evil Fish. Wow. That is quite a story. It is. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine nine and a half hours of hiking and four geocaches? I mean, that's one of those that, you know, is just, it, it seems unbelievable. It's like, wow, there should be more caches in that. But you know what? Some of those you do, you have such a feeling of victory, of accomplishment that the four caches are worth it. So I can tell you, I have hiked 12 hours for one geocache. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, the FTF we did last, not not this past September, but the September of the previous year. So the- when, oh, I'm sorry. When you say 12 hours, is that six hours up, six hours back? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 12, 12 hours hour around return hike. Yeah. For um, one. And there were no other caches in, on the way? Nope. One cache. It was an FTF that had been sitting for like four or five years. Hmm. So yeah, I, I totally get where this person's coming from. The other thing I was empathetic about was the cramp in the thigh. Mm-hmm. I have had that happen in my in the, the upper thigh. And when that cramps, like you can't really stretch it out. You just you tough it out and wait for it to stop feeling like you're gonna die. And then <laughs> uh fun times, fun times. Remember but, that day you had that bad cramp? Yeah, fun times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that was quite the glow. Um, For those who are listening to the audio version of this podcast, you would have missed that. Um, I was having some fun with my new little whiteboard uh, during this so that those who are watching the video can can get a little extra Easter egg there. Anyways, um, that said, we've got another one. Are we going to? We've got another one. This one comes from Fish I Am. Found the traditional cash old crotchety. (laughs) So it's about you. Well, obviously. No, it's about wit's end. Uh, okay, fair enough. He's not here. Let's talk He's about it. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> and he is six months older than I am. So, hey. okay. And at least equally crotchety. Oh, yeah. No, maybe not. I might be more crotchety than he is. He's actually quite a pleasant person. Uh, Fish I am starts off. As I came hurtling down the mountainside towards Boca de... Hmm. Tomatlin? Tomatlin. Tomatlin. In my underpowered rental, the persistent black Nissan pickup nipping at my tailpipe, attempting to overtake me on the outside of every hairpin turn, I was coming to the grim realization that the wrong turn I'd made 100 kilometers back towards Tomlinton, near where Boca de Tomlin... Uh, and the 20 minutes I'd lost having to backtrack had eaten up my safety margin, and the rest of this adventure was going to have to play out precisely as planned, else my hopes to accomplish the mission before sunset were doomed. No matter what, everyone had advised uh, be out of the mountains before dark, but I better take it from the top. Oh, sorry, that's me now. Right, we're taking turns. All right, so I I got distracted by the chat. Okay, so we pick up here. A few weeks ago, I was making serious progress towards a semi-major geocaching milestone, my 2,000th find. 
I teamed up with Weedy Bits to align my 2K find with his 1K find. However, that plan got lost in a downpour. Oh, come on. Come on. A little bit of rain's going to stop you from a milestone. Oh, you guys. All right. Well, then what next? I had a much needed upcoming vacation to Mexico, but there are almost no caches there. I had struck out a couple of years previous on a visit to Alcapulco, none within 200 miles, and the only two within 50 miles of Manzanillo where we'd be staying were AWOL. And then the seeds of a plan began to sprout. I was aware that a certain infamous Seattle cacher had a cache somewhere in Mexico, but I had no idea where. A few moments later, I knew exactly where his Mexican cache was located, but good golly, Miss Molly, it was a long ways away from Manzanillo. And the more I researched, the farther away it seemed. Two sentences into the description to my family, and it was clear I was on my own if I wanted to try and get there. A series of email commenced with a cashier, infamous and amazingly, he would be in Mexico, tending to his cash during my vacation. If I could get there, he'd make sure it was available. Google Earth suggested a driving route. But the last 30 miles was a five-hour haul. But according to local intel, if you had a four-wheel drive, high-clearance vehicle. The little Hyundai I'd reserved wasn't quite up to snuff. Eventually, I worked out a plan. Drive to Boca de de Tomatlin, catch a water taxi to uh, Yalapa, and then hike to the cache. Sounds doable. Potentially long day, but doable. There were two rules from the family day trip only from everyone else. I talked to don't get stuck in the mountains after dark. Hmm. That sounds foreboding and foreshadowing. (laughs) A a well-written cache just pulls you in or well-written log just pulls you in. Now from this point on in the log, uh, we're time stamped here in different sections. So we're going to, Continue to trade this one back and forth between the two of us, reading each of the different timestamps from the author. So, 7.15 a.m., 22 February. Hit the road. First half hour is easy. Not much traffic. Then, a blockade as men in camouflaged uniforms wielding machine guns stopped and interrogated every car and driver. A large sign indicated that this was a fruit and vegetable no-passage zone. Clearly, you need armed guards for that. (laughs) Several cars were off to the side getting the full Monty search. When it was my turn, I responded to the staccato questions with a no habla espanol. And after a look of disbelief, the soldier leveled his machine gun at me. I really, really hate machine guns and waved me on. It was only later that day I remembered that I had an apple in my backpack I had brought from the hotel. Oops. 8.30 a.m. Mexican drivers are all over the map and roads in terms of driving styles. For two hours, I dodged burros, motorcycles randomly entering and exiting the road, buses that stopped suddenly, taillights not operational, souped-up muscle cars roaring by, and frequent sleeping policemen, those raised bumps in the road to slow traffic. I love that term. (laughs) That uh, often as not weren't marked by a warning sign and most exasperatingly of all, slow-moving trucks that were impossible to pass for long stretches of the hilly, narrow, winding two-lane road. Which takes us to 9.45 a.m. A sign informs me that the turnoff to Tomatlan was but a few clicks ahead, 
Wow, I thought I made better time than I expected. I glanced at the odometer and math whiz that I am, mistakenly mis overestimated how far I'd come by a hundred kilometers. So I took the exit, even though my sense was that it was the wrong direction. Since I had no data connection and no map, I couldn't really check. And after 10 minutes, the lack of ocean smell clued me into my egregious error. Uh Uh-oh, the 11 a.m. water taxi I was counting on catching my margin of safety was suddenly a distant hope at best. One hour later, 10.45 a.m., after climbing the curving road for almost an hour in third gear on the only stretch of unpaved road, I topped out at 2,500 feet and then began the race downhill, dropping in altitude uh, at about 10 times the rate I had gained it. A black Nissan truck made it his mission to pass me, but I had no time or easily identifiable place to let him pass. So I gunned it and he chased me all the way down to Boca de Tomatlin where I overshot the barely marked turnout to the water taxi, missing the late departing boat by about five minutes. Oh my goodness. The next entry is at 12 noon. I found a very public area to park my car, hoped it would still be there upon return and headed for the beautiful beach. I was instantly set upon by several vendors, all anxious to sell me a water taxi ticket. Fortunately, I'd been warned to buy my ticket on the actual boat, though it was quite unclear just which boat I would be taking. Everything got sorted out eventually, and I was soon jammed shoulder to shoulder with about 25 others in a vessel that should probably be carrying only half that many people, and away we went. 12.30 p.m. There be whales here. The sight of whales rising to the surface and letting off some steam is one of those universal occurrences that everyone appreciates. Our captain stopped and let us have a few minutes view. As I had stupidly forgotten my real camera back in the hotel, I only had my cell phone to capture the majestic humpbacks, all three of which I might have seen last summer off Westport. 12.45 p.m. after four brief stops to drop and pick up stragglers at various beaches and resorts along the way, we finally arrived at Yalapa. My host had told me that he'd wait until 12.30 to see if I actually made it to Yalapa today, and if I arrived after that, I'd have to track him down at his hovel, vague directions emailed to but forgotten by me. But I espied old crotchety and his decidedly not crotchety companion at the base of the pier, trying to discern whether that loco Seattleite really was descending upon his winter resting place. At 1.15 p.m., 2K, or 2,000, four years, four months, and eight days after EB bluffs for fine number 1,000, and the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake... Having now found one more Camp Latana geocache than all those other sea area or Seattle area cachers. Nice. 2.30 p.m. After a delightful tour of their hovel and a scrumptious portobello mushroom sandwich at their favorite local cafe, I bid au revoir to old crotchety and Candace. My enormous thanks to both of you for the welcome, the tour, the hospitality, and the memories. See you back in Seattle soon enough. 7 p.m. The return trip was relatively uneventful, at least as uneventful as the solid four-hour nonstop drive on crazy mountainous Mexican two-lane roads can be. I managed to get through the mountains before sundown, 
survived another machine gun interrogation and pulled into the hotel a scant 15 minutes short of 12 hours after I'd left. Things did work out perfectly. Cheers. Wow. That is, uh, that is quite the glow. That is quite the story. I don't know if I would do that. I do not know if I would go driving alone without a map or, <laughs> or GPS in Mexico. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say this person's braver than I am. I don't know if brave is the right word. I'm going to use that word to be kind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I will tell you, I've had machine gun interrogations along the side of the road. Um, and you know, it's intimidating. You just, I take, uh, solace in the fact that while they have an automatic weapon, they probably don't have bullets. Oh, really? You're going to go there. That's the way that you're going to assess it. Yeah, that's that's the way I'm going to assess it. At least in in the country where I was, that was the case. They couldn't afford the bullets? They couldn't afford the bullets, yeah. They they wouldn't waste them at a traffic stop. (laughs) Wouldn't waste them on you. (laughs) I have much more important places for these bullets than you. Exactly. Okay. Um, But, yeah, I've been on roads where, you know, you drive past and you go, yeah, I think that was the one I was supposed to turn on. There are no signs or if, you know, it's a sign placed after the road saying, yeah, turn there. I'm like, well, why didn't you put it before where somebody could actually see it turn onto the road? But Right. So for context to those listening, I think this is probably related to when you lived in Africa. Yes, exactly. Okay. I was trying not to say that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> when I was in Africa. Um, so, yeah, I've been down roads, you know, look at it and go. I'm not sure this is a road. I think this is just, you know, a footpath, but sure enough, it, it can be traveled. And I've been on buses and cars, not necessarily a boat, but, um, with, you know, way more people than should be in there. Mm. As long as there's airspace, there's room for another person. (laughs) You know, I've, I've been in a taxi with two people on my lap. I mean, one sitting on my lap, another sitting on the, that person's lap. And you're thinking, there's no possible way somebody else can squeeze in. Oh, yeah, there's there's room. <laughs> to kind of lay across the people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's that's funny. I've, I've been in third world countries and had similar type experiences. But I have to say on the whole concept of roads that are either marked or unmarked or not sure if this is a road or a trail. I mean, honestly, we get that up here, too. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just getting out of the out of the city and getting onto the forest service roads and some of the back roads. And yeah, I mean, I kind of love that exploring out in that area. I I agree with you. I love it when, if I get in trouble and I I can stop and talk to somebody in my native language and say, Hey, this, you know, I've, I've done that going to a geocache, you know, the, the GPS routes you up one way and you're up there and like, well, this obviously isn't the way. Yeah. You know, and you turn around in somebody's driveway and they sneak out and you say, Hey, I'm trying to get, Oh no, you got to go back to the main road and head around. Okay. You know, when you can do that kind of communication and yeah. there's nobody with a machine gun interrogating yeah. you, it really isn't a bad adventure. That's true. Okay. So that's, that's a fair point. Good way. <laughs> of All right. So did we have any questions? Uh, hey, super lucky. Did we have any questions out of the chat regarding the glows or regarding um, upvoting. I didn't see any, so I'm assuming none. I ham says, always remember to ask the guy on the riding lawnmower for directions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's that rule number 14. Don't do that. Just don't do it. Okay. So 
you, you know, these are like what they call hot tub rules. They're rules created because somebody's done it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, don't ask for directions on anybody. Awesome. On a right Elon more. So I think the only comments we have are things that we're going to hit in the glow or not the glow. My goodness. I, all I can think of is glow tonight. Things we're going to hit yeah. in the after show. Maybe it should be an afterglow tonight. Ooh, the afterglow. Now, That's folks, I mean, I look at this, we're 46 minutes in and we've read two glows. <laughs> I mean, wow. Thank you so much for sending in these well-written stories. We really appreciate it. You can always send in your glow. You know, it doesn't have to be a novel. You know, we've read glows of three sentences and it was a DNF and it was worthwhile. So the glow isn't a great piece of literature. It's a good story. But if it's a great piece of literature, that makes it even better. That's right. But... That's okay. You don't have to. Just has to be legible. That's true. So that's why doctors aren't allowed to write glows in their own handwriting. That's why they have to type it. Even better yet, you can speak it right into your cell phone. Hey, yeah. Give Keep us that sound audio. file. Email it to feedback at cashingnw.com. And one day, your voice will grace the airwaves. Or no the bit waves. The bit channels. Those things. Yeah. But in the meantime... In the meantime, we want to thank you for taking your time to listen to this episode of our wonderful glows and upvoting. Now, if you like this, guess what? There's more coming up. Next week, we are talking with Jeff from HQ on how to create a geo tour. Hold on. Hold on. That's not right. Okay. That's not right. The I think we've got them messed up here. But anyways. Sometime in the next month. We're going to talk with Jeff from the eight from HQ on how to create a geo tour next week. I know this, we are talking about a geocacher's holiday wish list. That's next week. We wanted to get that in early enough to give you guys shopping ideas for your geocaching friends, maybe geocaching relatives, maybe geocaching podcast hosts. Anybody that geocaches uh, is going to want some of these um, gifts that we're talking about. Uh, after that, we're talking about what's in our geocaching bag because maybe those gifts need to get into that bag. And what should you take? Sometimes you need to take an extra bottle of Gatorade with you. December 6th, we are talking with Brian from HQ. Yes, the Brian on the interesting business of geocaching. Brian, I so enjoy talking with him, uh, on not just geocaching because he's good at that, but his uh, true strength is being a business person and learning about how the business of geocaching works. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting interview. I'm super excited about it. Uh, We had great response back from the folks at HQ, including Brian, when we proposed the idea of talking about the actual business Mm -hmm. and um, some of their business leadership principles they work from there at HQ. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be different. It's going to be a little different than what you might hear in other interviews with Brian. So make sure you join us December 6th, episode 280. And then December 13th, we're doing, we're talking with Nick from Cashly about the new Cashly update. 
it should be in place by the time he's on this podcast. And Nick, uh, you know, right here, he's a Northwest guy. And he produces what I think is the best geocaching software for your phone. And then, folks, there's one more coming up. December 16th, Christmas in the Northwest. Yes, come and see your Caching in the Northwest host at the Shark Store on Victoria Island. No. That, on Vancouver Island in Victoria. I work so hard on that. Why do I get that wrong? Send your emails to yes, please cashingandw.com. And the more I read it, the better I'm going to get at it. So send me your emails and tell me what I'm doing wrong. In yeah. case you need to know, that's GC7Z Papa Bravo X-Ray. Right on. Or 7Z Public Branch Exchange. Private <laughs> Branch Exchange. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be really fun. Looking forward to seeing a whole lot of the folks who listen to this show and probably a lot of the folks who participate in the chat live when we record that episode, December 16th. In the meantime, I want to take a moment to thank Landsharks, our corporate Denali-level sponsor. Landsharks.ca is the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online or go in person and visit their store in Victoria, British Columbia on Vancouver Island. They're open six days a week except holidays and they ship online orders daily. Remember, it's quickly approaching last call for the Southern Caribbean Geocaching Adventure Cruise January 20th through 30th. All right. We also want to thank our faithful Denali-level supporters, Bounce Bounce, Team Squirrel, Limax, and WorldCaching.com. If you want to know more about supporting this show, click that Patreon link on the CachingNW.com website and your name will be read each and every episode as a special thank you to all of our patrons which include <gasps> broncos fan for life sprouter camp clan tick magnet kip mcd subway mark dora moore dune buddy kid vegas 19 geo nephros wino seattle Ackerdock, billy robson genies and Teus keats 94 trexer zero mc3 cats and kennel barb wow i wonder if we could do like a 12 days of christmas for all our patrons um we need more than 12 days i know well, not to, not to, it would not take longer than 12 days. What I'm saying is there's more oh, patrons. It, it would take us 12 days to write the song. <laughs> 12 days of songwriting. Yes. Hey, Land Monkey, until next week, if somebody wants to see your, hear your, your beautiful voice singing, or perhaps, you know, just simply stalk you online and find out when you're eating at the nearby subway, where can they find these things out? Uh, well, you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Periscope at LandMonkeyGC. On Facebook, we're Team LandMonkey. We've got a blog, LandMonkey.blogspot.ca. So all those places are great places to follow us. But you know what? Uh, our Season 1 Baltic Adventure videos keep rolling out. We've got some great ones out there. Make sure you go and check those out. Enjoy them. This weekend, we drop the next one, and that's going to be Estonia with a special interview with uh, my friend JP. So that'll be a lot of fun. If you want to find that, go over to YouTube and search Land Monkey on YouTube. That's L-A-N-M-O-N-K-E-Y, Land Monkey. There you go. Wow. That was really done now. <laughs> Folks, you don't want to hear me sing or you will no <laughs> longer listen to the podcast. But let me tell you, you can find me at Twitter, 
Look for Caching in W, Facebook.com slash Caching in W, and Instagram, look for Caching in the Northwest. And most of all, we want to thank you for taking your time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. Call 253-693-TFTC and leave us a comment, ask us a question, or cheer for your local sports team any time of the day or night. Of course, you can email us at feedback at cachingnw.com. Your support helps keep the quality shows coming. If you like this glow show, click the Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. The show is produced by Chris Umfenauer and Jay Kennedy, hosted by Chris Jay and our friend Jim Paulwitz. This show's licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license, copyright 2018 by me, Chris Umfenauer. And folks, we ask you to stay tuned for the after show. Or the afterglow on this particular one. Nyark, nyark, nyark. Come on. It was a glow show. Wah, wah. <laughs> hey, folks, if this is your first episode of Cashing in the Northwest and you go, what is this thing that they're talking about? This is an opportunity for us to talk and chat with the live viewers to the podcast. Yes, we every Thursday talk to night. dead viewers. Just want to be clear about that. Well, that's true. Every Thursday night at nine o'clock, we record our podcast and people come and watch us live on YouTube, join in the chat and ask us questions. And we have a fabulous uh, show notes lackey who reads all those chat lackey, chat lackey, a chackley. I don't know. Uh, I'm tr we're trying to come up with a unique name for them. Uh, a, a chat lackey who's going to take all your hashtag fatas that's for the after show toss it into the show notes so we can continue reading our incredibly long glows and long and well -written. And not get distracted by reading the chat and forget yeah. to speak during the podcast. Yeah, that never happens. No, not to us. <laughs> Let me ask you a question that was just asked. Hold on here. Okay. So. So let's go. So what we've got, go. yes. we've got some fatas here from Keats94. Uh, Keats94, give us an update on your streak. Your, your caching streak as well. Yeah, we want to hear about that. Oh, yes, uh, they call him the streak. Woo, look at that, look at that. All right, so Keats94 writes earlier, hashtag Fatas part one. Funny story, my GPSR developed a burn spot on its screen in the summertime after I left it in the hot car. I was really bummed that the spot was blocking crucial distance data. Oh, that sucks. Uh, part two. Come cold November, I left it in the car at that time, and the spot was healing. Sure enough, I put two and two together, stuck that GPSR in the freezer, and the burn spot vanished entirely. That's really that's interesting. Now I'm kind of curious I, about the physics of that and why that. Would I would never have thought that. I assumed once the screen was damaged, it's damaged permanently. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So right. if you get it back up to room temperature, do you get a shadow? <laughs> Maybe. It's somewhere in between the burn spot and the clean spot. Yeah, absolutely. Now mark the burn spot with black Sharpie. So you know exactly where it was. Oh, that's a good idea. And then yeah. you can put a monitor if it goes or comes back. Exactly. That's a great suggestion to not. Thank you. Yeah. We're giving uh, dubious advice. Exactly. That's what we're here for folks. Uh, Kev MacD says some Victoria caches to check out GC seven golf, six golf Delta and GC seven, six golf Foxtrot Delta. So put the pair, 
apparently all the caches in Victoria have a uh, golf oh. and a delta in them. Yeah. It's because that's what you do when you're in Victoria. Oh, you golf in the delta. Yeah. Why not, right? Keats94 his, says his streak is at 407 days. Oddly enough, last week, I think it was at 400. There you go. So it's like seven days later. Vancouver Island. No. No. He's tricking me. Yes, it is Vancouver Island. Now I'm messing with Vancouver. No. (laughs) Okay. You you know what? I'm done. (laughs) We're just going to that V Island. (laughs) Well, actually, if you live here, we just call it the island. Oh, the island. Let's call it the island. I could work with the island. It's the big one. So makes it easier because there's so many. That you just go the island and people know, oh, you mean Vancouver Island and not like what other other island is there? Well, there's dozens and dozens of smaller Gulf islands. So, yeah. Yeah, but those don't count unless you're golfing. They do if you're going after the geocaches on them. Ooh. There you go. Hey, um, I also wanted to, there's something else I wanted to mention before as we were going through FITAS stuff. Now, I don't Well, I was thinking of Team Finn. Okay, jump in there. Young Cameron, just finished an important paper, but his printer won't cooperate. I suggest you email it to the teacher and Ooh. ask, will you print this out for me? Seems like an option. Mm-hmm. Or feel free to record it into your phone and email the recording to feedback at cashingnw.com and we will play it on air. Oh, we will read out your yeah. uh, important paper. Then you can just get your teacher to subscribe to the podcast, listen through until they get to the after show and we'll have an after show. That's just us reading. I don't, I don't know. We call it the POW, the paper of the week, the IPOW, the important paper of the week. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. I POW. It sounds like a Batman episode. We're not supposed to read those. (laughs) All right. We got a bang splat. We, we got another fatas here, Chris. Jump in there. Um, MC3Cats wants to know suggestions for good caches in the Abbotsford area. Mm. Uh, Brian Lang notes that he has a nice uh, letterbox at Mill Lake. Choose your own GeoVenture. That's GC5 November Beta Charlie, or I'm sorry, Bravo Charlie 3. 5 November, National Broadcasting Company, 3. Yeah, Abbotsford's a great area to go geocaching in MC3Cats. I would say, you know, you can't go wrong with even just going to Mill Lake. It's a nice little park, has uh, some pretty decent parking available there, uh, really good paths, and there's a number of geocaches in the park of different varieties. Um, you might want to solve a couple puzzles before you go there. And it'll give you an opportunity to just spend one park and and get a nice little handful of caches. There are some other great opportunities for caching in the Abbotsford area, depending on what you're up to. If you wanted to do some of the hikes on Sumas mountain there, there's some earth caches and other great caches in and around that area as well. Lots of trails with lots of caches on them. So it's definitely mill Lake would be a good option depending on how much time you have. And, And yeah, that's probably a great place to start. MC three cat should be doing where I goes because he makes where I goes. There you and go. There's some where I goes at mill Lake. There are. 
this this is what I hear from Keats ninety four, who says I should just call it Van Isle. Yeah, Van Isle works. People would know what you're talking about. Well, locals here would know what you're talking about. Or I'm in the car store and I'm at the Van Isle. You got the hatchback aisle. You got the Van Isle. You got the pickup aisle. Nice. Yeah. Well. All right. So, what do you figure? We rolled through these suckers. We got a. I think we did a good job. All right. Nice. Oh, what have we got there? Oh, another one. Dora Moore says GC4 Delta Victor Golf Alpha is a great multi in Abbotsford. Gotta love multis. Gotta love those multis. And oh, I see some more coming in here. Where I go at Mill Lake. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here comes the GC code. Here it comes. Wait for it. It's coming. Any moment now. Oh, now our lackey's messing with me. <laughs> H2O, yeah, that's that's the name of the cache. Yes, that's a good one. That one is one of those logic puzzles. So, you know where I go? A logic puzzle? Yeah, it's tricky. Nice. So GC22, Charlie Mike 7. That's That's that one there. Love it. Hey, folks, thank you so much. This has been a great show. We appreciate all your help of helping MC3Cats find great caches in Albert, 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 Abbotsford. And Abbotsford. Abbotsford. Wow. You know what? It's time for me to go to bed because I can no longer speak properly. Not, you know, here's my secret. I couldn't speak properly when I started the show, but I don't want people to know that. Sweet. But um, folks, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. And until next week, you get out and you go caching in the Northwest. <laughs>